I'm Jordan O'Brien, and welcome to the New Leaf Podcast. Joining me this week for episode 5 of the New Leaf Podcast is a good friend of mine from my school days, James Milligan. Welcome on the show. How are you keeping, anyway? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well indeed, um, as well as I can be. <laughs> as well as you can be, yeah. given all the circumstances nowadays. Um, how are you keeping? Yeah, good. Just finished a nice work day and straight into the recording studio then. It's the life of a podcaster. Life of a podcaster in Costa del O'Brien. How is work these days? Yeah, work's fine. Um, first of all, I think I'm very lucky that I have work to be doing. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's keeping me busy. Um, right now, I'm working as a trainee solicitor in, uh, in a place down in Belfast in the litigation department. So, wide variety of things to do. Um, <laughs> someone someone needs to do them. And someone well has to do all the dirty work, absolutely. Not even the dirty work, just someone's got to do it. <laughs> someone <laughs> has to do it. all the little bits and pieces. Exactly. Um, so, you finished, was it last year you finished university? I graduated in May 2019. 2019. So, yeah, like 18 months ago. And how are you finding the transition then from your studies into your career path now? Well, what I'm doing now, I meant that it was very, uh, it's quite seamless um, mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm currently, a, as a trainee, I have a, a training contract, so it's it's two years. Um, half your time is spent in the office, um, you know, just working, and the other half is spent as, a stu- as like a post-grad student in Queen's anyway, so... I didn't really leave uni for that long, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, I have, I have to do your, your professional exams and everything, and they're done through Queen's. So it's a nice transition from, you know, I'm not going from uni straight to work. Yeah, There's you're still, you're exactly. still doing a little bit of learning to help you into the job role then, rather than just throwing in the deep end. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you have, you have these exams to pass and everything. So, yeah, it's quite, it's quite a nice sort of route, route into it. So it's not just a, a, such a hard, jarring transition or anything like that. A lot of people as well would look at your career path as well as probably one of the more difficult ones. How how do you think you coped with the stresses of university, first of all, with the content that you have to learn and how busy is it then? I actually hugely enjoyed university um, because I wasn't in class that much. Um, <laughs> that always makes it better. It does. Um, I just think because I would be quite an independent learner. And uh, the, the nature of uh, the law and politics at Queen's and the, the nature of that degree just means that, you know, you have nine or ten contact hours a week and the vast majority of your learning is done by yourself, you know, preparing for tutorials and reading and that yeah. sort of thing. So that suits me very well. You know, it might not suit, it might not suit everybody. Um, I certainly have, you know, friends who are in, you know, doing veterinary or medicine or, or dentistry or things like that. They'd be in you know, 40 hours a week, and to them that works brilliantly. Yeah, I'd say same better. But, you know, just the, the way I happen to learn, I, I find it not stress-free by any means. Um, like any university degree, it's got its challenges. And uh, I think our biggest challenge is reading. There's just, a, you know, there's a huge amount of things yeah, to There's do. a lot that you have to take on board in preparation for... Yeah, but, you know, as, as the degree goes on, you get better at learning what you have to read and what you don't really have to read. Shortcuts. 
not shortcuts. Yeah, shortcuts. <laughs> but uh, it's you know you become more efficient as a reader and you're better at parsing the information that you do need. Yeah, you know exactly what you need to look for rather than spending time reading through stuff that just. You know, you say you're given a reading list and it says read this case, this case, this case, this case. A case could be 60, 70, 80 pages long, sometimes sometimes much longer. And, you know, first few weeks at university, I'd be sitting, I have, I have to read this, you know, I have to. But you get very good at finding out where you're, you, knowing where you're going to find the information. And that's, so yeah. that's sort of how I got through the, the stress of it. And I, you know, I live with some very good friends of mine and um, I, you know, play hockey throughout university and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it sort of kept me. You know, not just not just in a work mode is, but you know, a good. Um, yeah, another escape almost to uh, keep you going in a way. Exactly. Yeah, just something that you know, university is part of what you do, but it's not just what you do. It's yeah, it's not the be all and end all. You can't do other things while you're there. Yeah, and I mean, I have. I sometimes wish that I was one of those people that you know, does the does the extra the extra reading list and you know all the the, the optional assignments and things. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people I. You know, who would do that, and I have huge respect for that. But I just sort of thought that I needed a little bit more balance. Yeah, you even had that going through school as well. You were still a top student, but you were able to play sports and be active and have many other hobbies outside of that, including yeah, music as well. Good little work as possible. <laughs> just an excuse to get out of classes. That's all sport was in school. You tell that job, nothing. I, I done it, that's why. <laughs> You're the expert. I was the expert on it. I'm the only person I know that wasn't excellent in sport yet still finished third in a year group for a sports day that's an incredible achievement that was an incredible achievement a lot of people that went to districts and competed in top events and i just rocked up got a bronze and moved on to the next event really far yeah (laughs) throw a plate throw a discus but you have the the difference between you and me job is that you have a wide experience with sports you've played several sports and i haven't yeah. Which I actually think is really, you know, really interesting that you've, um, you know, you've played football for years, but you also played rugby, you played cricket, and I mean, there was there was a short hockey career. There was a very short hockey career. Well, there was there was a, there was a long hockey career with a big long break in the middle. Yes, that's what it was. It, it was <laughs> transitioned into coaching very quickly. It was the first couple of weeks of first year followed by the last couple of weeks of upper sec. And I mean, it wouldn't have it any other way. And a very extended hiatus in the middle. Yeah, but there was, a, there was a transition to coaching, there was everything. There was a coaching role, I'm still waiting on that winner's medal. Which you thoroughly deserve. Dowdle <laughs> Cup winners with the twos, and I'm still waiting for it, so if anyone from Ulster Hockey is listening, I want my medal. I earned it. I, I coached six games that year. More, more games than I ever coached. <laughs> yeah, coached six games with very limited knowledge, next to no knowledge on hockey whatsoever. It's the, it's the mental side of the game that was your... your all, you, all you need to know for hockey coaching is 4-3-3, bomb the ball up, pass it to your wingers, that's it. So essentially just play like Liverpool. Yeah, just play like Liverpool, although maybe not of recent times. Not of recent times, but uh, we'll not let this ruin my evening. Yeah, we'll try and not talk about football, but we will talk about American football, if you don't mind. Uh, absolutely, I'd be, so, I'd be delighted. It's, uh, Super Bowl has been and gone, one of the spectacles of the year. I know that you don't support, but you do follow Kansas City Chiefs. What was your assessment then of Sunday night's antics? I didn't really enjoy the game at all. Um, now I've only got into the, I've only really started following the sport this year, and only really from like week seven, because you know 
that's what lockdowns are. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, so so I fell on a wee bit, but last last night I just you know I was set up for the game. I now I understand all the rules, understand everything that's going on, but I just I was really disappointed because it'd been built up for so long, mm-hmm. and I think the the Chiefs' offense they had some some replacements in. Yeah. And they just didn't give Mahomes any time to throw the ball. I read an article earlier that Mahomes spent 497 yards like escaping the rush so he, he, from he, the Buccaneers. It was like the most yards ever in a, in a postseason game, uh, like before the pass or before the sack. Yeah, like scrambling almost. Yeah. yeah, scrambling outside of the pocket. It was insane to watch just how... Well, the pocket just collapsed immediately. Yeah. And I mean, I've never seen so many penalties in all my life. Um, just basically on the defense as well. Yeah, everything they were giving away, it was like they were imploding. They had done so well the year before, and they built the hype up again for this was going to be the, the the dynasty. Now they were going to go on and win the next four, five, six years. Yeah, they were going to be the new Patriots. They were almost humbled in a way. Yeah, and I mean, I watched a I watched an interview with Mahomes, and he, he seemed to you know he looked a bit shell shocked. Yeah. Like he really didn't know what had happened. I mean, I thought he was one of the, he, he was the standout performer for the Chiefs as yeah, well. Yeah, and he was playing with that um, foot injury as well. It's a broken toe, isn't it? Yeah. Or something like that. So he played the full game, and that's why you could see him struggling as the game got on, and the more he was being chased, the more of an effect it had. I think that's why he was maybe scrambling more out to one side than... Straight forward back. Yeah, the yeah. right as well. Um, But I thought that all credit to... Tampa, I thought they played well. and I thought the defence was incredible. Yeah, they were able to shut out a high-scoring and high-offensive Kansas team. The, the Chiefs put up 32 against the Bills. Yeah, and then they, the put, up, and then they put up 9. Yeah, and those three field goals, they didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, and every other every other time Mahomes has been down by double digits, they've come back and won. That's Even the, last year. First time year. he's ever lost by double digits. Even last year as well, in the Super Bowl and Super Bowl Fifty Four, they were down by ten halfway through the fourth quarter, yeah. and they came back and won by eleven. The whole thing about them real time their own loss. Yeah, that's that's insane. How good they were last year, but yeah, they must have just sort of taken it a bit for granted. Yeah, they lost they lost a couple of linemen as well. Um, yeah. So I mean, there's just no protection for them. And all credit to the coach Arian as well, um, bringing in a few veteran players that know how to win a Super Bowl as well and I think that probably helped them in the long run going through the playoffs you know they had characters there that knew what it took to win and even the way they were being clever with little jibes and comments and Kansas were the silly ones to react and yeah. that's why they were giving away so many penalties now. I mean Brady was out on rent free and Tyrone Matthews hit <laughs> and then Tyreek Hill was starting to lose the rag as well they were all having a go at each other. Yeah. And they were starting to get wound up because suddenly... It's not easy anymore. Yeah. They weren't getting this game handed to them because they didn't score on a 70-yard play. You know, they were having to draft for it and yeah. they weren't able to come up with the solution to beat a good Tampa defence. Tough watch though, wasn't it? Oh, it was a real tough watch. Like for a, a man who really despises Tom Brady with an absolute passion because of all he's done at New England... It was really bad to watch. Yeah, can't deny though he's some some athlete. If you take the 
if you take the, the sort of the, the emotion out of it. Yeah, if, if I if I detach all of my feelings for him, to have more Super Bowls than any franchise at the moment That's is right. an outstanding record. But I can't take away my emotions <laughs> from him. I just, as a Jets fan, I just do not like the man whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. And anyone that has graced the the field at Gillette Stadium, I just can't forgive them. Can't forgive, can't forget. No. Not even like Gronk. I think Gronk's cool. <laughs> he, do you know what? He's probably the only one that they could semi-like. Yeah, I think he's cool. Just, just because he is so childish and sort of immature and is like character and nature. He's just, he's just like a big massive child. He's like a six foot three child. Yeah. Like even the way he runs. Absolutely. When he catches the ball, <laughs> you see him running off into the deep distance and you see him springing on his heels and jumping away. He's a funny character, like, um, and I, you know, I think that's one of the things that we don't, you know, that's why I've actually started to come to really like American football as well as, you know, we'll say normal football. Yeah. It's because you don't really have this, like, I mean, here, you know, the big characters we have are Zlatan and, like, you know, Paul Pogba or something. Yeah. But there's so many more characters in the NFL. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's bigger person, big personalities and, and everything. Yeah, I think footballers nowadays are a bit more robotic. They're know. so well media trained and everything. Yeah, whereas you even see the way that football teams arrive at a stadium and they all will either come off the team bus wearing the exact same thing, whether it's collar and tie or, or tracksuits. Yeah. You see them turning up for American sports and it is just, fashion. It's just dress as you please. Yeah. Well, you see some incredible, incredible fits. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. unbelievable. If you look at someone like Cam Newton, who comes in with, like, a neck scarf and a fedora and a long gown, and it looks really, really strange to yeah. us because Probably we're so should. used to someone stepping off the bus in a collar and tie and all suited and booted. Or just, like, a team tracksuit, you know, yeah. like a or something. Yeah, whereas it must just be the American way of, you know, the whole you can be whoever you want to be and come off the bus looking like you've walk through a thrift shop yeah. covered in super glue. Cool. I think it's cool. It is. Um, it just reflects their personality a lot. It is very tightly media controlled. Yeah. Or not media controlled, they're very, very tightly media trained and, you know, they won't say anything too out of the ordinary. And I think football fans actually sort of expect them to be like that because if anyone says anything that's a bit out of the ordinary, yeah, they're actually jumped on. Yeah, you find that managers and press conferences might say something just a bit out, just a bit a little bit out there. We'll say something. Managing yeah. rep conferences, we'll say something that's a little bit out there, and then it's a story for two weeks. Yeah, they'll say something that is not the kind of way that you would expect the manager. Like, they may criticise in a certain way, mm. or they they might stand out with their comments yeah. because it's not the same old drivel and scripted stuff that managers normally that say. They almost have to say. And because they stand out, then yeah, you're totally right. People sort of just jump on them a little bit it shouldn't be that way you know finding a manager or finding a player for speaking his mind we're they're entitled to an opinion on the game the same way that we're entitled to opinion to talk about it you know we don't get criticized for watching something and you know you see some of the opinions you see you know on, on, on football twitter or whatever about players like you know some of the abuse that they get yeah. Um, for the performances and stuff like that, it's just absolutely awful. And I mean, I think certainly, you know, as someone who, you know, I, I play some sport, 
are, you know, we, we you know, if, if, if we make a mistake or something, you know, it doesn't affect that many people's lives. Mm. But, but you I, know, you know, I mean, it's you know, it, it's it's still tough. But I can't imagine, you know, Alison Becker yesterday, who you know, is one of the best goalkeepers in the world, and he makes a mistake, and you know, Liverpool lose a Premier League game, and the amount of abuse that you would see, yeah, it's just. And, the and they forget the three years prior to yeah. that where he's been absolutely outstanding for them. Off the scale, and I mean, he's been one of their top players, if not the yeah. player for them. I think just, I just think it must be very tough to be a professional athlete. And I mean, we've actually just been sitting criticizing professional athletes in the <laughs> in the NFL, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's some of the stuff that they go through. I think is really really tough. It's not one of those things that you would automatically expect as well. Like you you don't realize it. At a young age, I think, you know, all you dream of is being a footballer one day. You grow up and you play for your boyhood club, but then suddenly there's all these added extra things, whether it is dealing with criticism and the media, pundits criticising your performances, even the things like suddenly your notoriety level goes up and everyone recognises you where you are. Young kids aren't ready for that, and that's where... I kind of enjoy the American side of sports where they all come through the college. a college system and they which prepares them for it. Yeah, they yeah. hit the major sports in their twenties. Yeah, I mean the youngest player in the Super Bowl yesterday was twenty two. Twenty two or twenty three. Or no, it was, uh, what do you call the running back from the Chiefs? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, I'll his, name get... his name escapes me. Yeah, but um, I, he, like I think he's twenty one, but. He would be an exception, and they tend to be like twenty three, at the youngest. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting. It's an interesting little little uh, change because you know you've got professional footballers who are sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. Here and then over there, you know they're not breaking into the league until they're twenty two or twenty three, and that, that, there's such a difference in someone's development. I mean, I'm not the same person that I was. At sixteen. At sixteen now, you yeah. know, I'm a completely different. I think we all are. You could probably say the same thing about yourself. Yeah, you do develop in those six or seven years very very quickly yeah. you look at someone like scott mctominay yeah he's a perfect example he was five foot nine or five foot eight and in the academy yeah and he's now six foot three yeah and, and he's huge and he's massive yeah. and just dominates every performance yeah and if you if you'd not seen him before as you say he just came out of a college system yeah straight into professional sport you would just think he's an absolute beast but like because he's coming into it, breaking in at 17, 18, and he's the wee skinny kid, you know, it, it must be tough. Yeah, and I think there is always that prejudice towards people if they're not a certain build. And it's always nice when you see players go on and make a career after they've been told that they're not going to be anything because they're too small. Yeah, you or, they're, at, or they're too, they run too slow. Or, yeah, yeah, you look at one of the best players to ever play the game, Messi, mm-hmm. and he was told that, he was not going to make it because he is too small. You look at Maradona, and he was one of the greatest that has ever played. Yeah. And he was under six foot. You know, he was tiny. I really respect that. Um, people who you know aren't the mess. You know, they don't necessarily don't have all the, the natural gifts that would allow them to um have a better chance of succeeding. Yeah. Because this is this is one of the things that I think sometimes in sport, but also in pretty much everything, is sometimes you know you sometimes hear oh but he's he's so talented. Yeah. He was always going to be a good player. I don't think that's true for anybody necessarily. I think you know you can be have certain natural aptitudes yeah. at things, but that doesn't mean you know Lionel Messi did not. If Lionel Messi had not not practiced really hard at playing football, yeah, you know it didn't matter how how naturally likely he was to be a good footballer if he hadn't if he hadn't put all that work in, you know, 
Yeah, ta- natural talent will only get you so far. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you know, say, say, um, take any footballer. I, I don't want to choose an example, but any footballer, there'll be someone who was as good as him, whenever he's like twelve. You know, there's someone who's better than him, but that that other player, you know, who naturally was probably a bit better. Yeah. Didn't work, and you know, you'll never hear of him. Whereas the guy who's maybe not necessarily so naturally gifted in something. Yeah. Well, they. Harry Redknapp interview when Frank Lampard was breaking through at West Ham. There's two players that Harry talks about. He talks about Frank Lampard and he talks about another player called Scotty Cannon, I think is the name. These two will go right to the very top. Yeah. Um, Frank Lampard played exceptional throughout his whole career and at the highest level. And you never hear of the other guy. You never hear of Scotty Cannon. I'm sure he probably played a decent career. Yeah. Maybe. Like, you know, I, I would only be guessing, but maybe Championship or League One or whatever. I hope that yeah. would be the case anyway, that he still had a good enough football career. But just because you're talented at that age, you shouldn't take it for granted. You still need to put the work in because it's a long way to get to the elite level and be one of the best. And you can't just get there off of a natural talent. Yeah, and I think that's true for literally anything. Yeah. I don't think we're, we're obviously... You know, we're we're very comfortable talking about sport because it's one of our main interests. Yeah. But I mean, in music or you know, uh, something like you know, like chess or yeah, I I just always go back to games. But you know, in writing or in music or in film, in the film arts, production and photography, even even something as simple as you know, if you take on professions, yeah, you know, like no one becomes a CEO of a retail company by not putting the shift in yeah. or no one becomes an exceptional lawyer without studying and knowing their stuff and working on certain things and knowing everything then you know you have to put in the work yeah and I think it's it's, it's certainly something that I think and I mean I, I, I'm wary of I'm wary of the situation right now because certainly You've probably found this as well. Um, you see, I mean, sorry to bring up COVID, but you know how it has to come into every single conversation yeah. you ever have with anybody. Well, absolutely, it, it's inevitable. <laughs> um, it is very difficult right now to have the same level of drive in, you know, in pursuing things because everything's so uncertain right now, and the news is fairly depressing, and you know things things aren't easy right now. So I'm, I'm very wary of. Of saying, you know, of, of saying, you know, you have to work hard all times at everything, because I would be the first person to admit that, you know, when it comes to things like, you know, it, it's very easy just to say, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. And I've done, you know, um, I'm I'm currently doing your podcast music. <laughs> and you see, you see if you mean, you see if I was if I had uh, a million things to do, that podcast music would be done like that yeah it'd be done so quickly but you see whenever you, you know you see as things are right now it's it's just tough and i mean i think you know we're we're both quite lucky we have jobs and we have you know we have something to do and something somewhere to be but i i just i find you know i, I have so much respect for people who are still going whenever things are harder and you know maybe the maybe they've been furloughed or maybe they've been lost their job and i mean i can't imagine how hard that is yeah, so. there's there's so many different things that have been impacted, whether it is people's jobs and livelihoods, finances, mental health, everything is taken ahead because of it. And like you say, 
we're very, very lucky that we still have a place that keeps us active. We chatted about it before we came on. I'm quite lucky that I have a job where I still interact with people in the public yeah. and I can still have a two-minute conversation with someone and that little bit of interaction sort of just spurs you on a little bit and it's a little bit of adrenaline and sort of excitement that you can still chat to people and see people face to face um during a time where so many of us are isolated and maybe feel alone and that's what uh, i really like that about you is that you appreciate little things like that and that you can articulate it um because you know it's as we've said it's, it's a difficult it's a difficult time and i think that's one of my favorite things about you is that you can always find a sort of a light moment yeah oh thank you man in the what is quite a dark time yeah well i've mentioned many times in the podcast before that you know humor for me is like the, the best medicine that i have during the many down moments that i've had you know i always try and find a, a silver lining or a lighter side and that's just ingrained into my personality and it would be the same as if anyone out there as well that i know is having a tough time they'll know that I'm the first person to try and make them crack a smile. And once I pry open that little oyster shell, I can sort of drive the wedge in further and make them giggle a bit and laugh a little bit more. And even if it's only for five minutes, it sort of takes their mind elsewhere other than whatever issues they are dealing with at the minute. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, just being able to have that one or two minute chat with someone in a shop might be all that they have you know for me i'm going to be dealing with customers for eight or nine hours of the day so there's no issue with me i'll i'll talk the leg off a stool but for them that could literally be the only interaction they have before they go home and have to stay in isolation and whatever it is so i try and look at it that way that every interaction you have with someone could be the only one they have so why not make it a, an enjoyable one that's uh, certainly one of the things I respect most about you. Yeah. Um, and I know, I mean, I, I, don't, I think it's, you know, it's no secret that you've not had a very easy time of it recently. And it's one of the things that I've had huge respect for you through. Like, I mean, you know, we have one of these relationships, Job, where we don't have to talk every day. Yeah. You know, we don't have to be constantly texting each other or just like, you know, hanging out all the time and stuff. But like, we've been like that. Uh, and for the benefit of the podcast, he's crossed his fingers. I crossed my fingers. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, we've been absent for so long that we don't need to. Um, you know, we don't need to be interacting all the time to be really close. Yeah. But over the last, I mean, you know, it's coming up on a year now. You've been having an incredible, an incredibly difficult time of it, and I can't imagine what it's been like. But I just have huge respect and love for the way you've handled yourself throughout and how much you've done for other people and I don't just mean your family I don't just mean your friends but maybe through people who you don't even know personally so through something like the pod, this podcast I think it's absolutely fantastic um and I just I just think that I, I absolutely love it yeah. I really do well the only the only person I have to thank for that is mom because that's the personality trait that she had she always put us as a family first and all our friends and even like aspirations that she maybe had you know she always sacrificed them so that 
we would be able to pursue whatever it was we wanted to or she would give up certain things just so that myself and my sister could have so for me it's an absolute no-brainer to continue on that personality trait it's been ingrained in me and I've always been like that throughout school and in my upbringing you know others first and making sure you also take the time out as well to look after your own self-interests but the majority of the time it's you know what can I do for other people and you know how can I make people feel better about themselves or how can I improve a certain scenario for people but yourself as well it's an absolute credit to the day and hour that I found out that I had lost my mother you were straight around to the house and so were so many different friends and family members and to see that kind of outreach as well not just for people that knew mum but people in my life dads my sisters as well you know all coming and showing support as well just showed that we don't take for granted the support that we do have so as long as I have that support and I know that I do from the likes of yourself, people from school, work, band, whatever it may be, that I am more than happy to show support for people I don't know, whether it's through donating to food banks or this podcast for people to listen to. It's an absolute no-brainer for me to try and <laughs> offer out like some sort of escape and some sort of uplifting measure for others. And it's an absolute pleasure to have the opportunity to come on and talk to you about it, to be honest. You can thank the lucky wheel for drawing your name out. <laughs> well, lucky me. Lucky exactly, me. lucky you. Again, it took two attempts. I know, exactly. I wouldn't know where to even begin if I was having to try and choose people. I've just got that many well, people in my head. If you'd, chosen, if, you'd rather, if you'd actually chosen me, then. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The first person to boycott ever. <laughs> we did try and record this a day early, but we were having some very technical difficulties. I think we ended up being being on Skype uh, longer on the technical difficulties day. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, um, we had a full podcast off script and off camera. Yeah before we even recorded this so we've we've almost prepped a little bit what we were going to chat about and stuff but technology is just a nightmare these days i i am not the tech savvy one normally in most households it's children yeah. are the ones that are interested in computers no the tech wizard is dad he knows everything yeah i say this has been a real learning curve for you um it's really your first sort of foray into audio isn't it? yeah it, it would be like I mean, I, we all used Audacity in school. Oh, absolutely. Or GarageBand or whatever in, like, music class. But, like, it's presumably your, it's your first. How much prep did you have to do, you see, before you started the podcast? Like, how much was there in the way of, you know, I'm just basically thinking you just for, for someone else who maybe wants to yeah. so, be interested. You know, how much, what's the learning curve like? So I kind of made the mistake of not doing too much research into it. Okay. So... I had researched it a little bit for maybe a day or two and looked up, you know, what I would need to start it in terms of equipment and things like that. And then I'd written down a few notes of what I wanted to 
the show to be and what format I wanted to do, whether I had a regular guest on with me and it was just us two chatting or the format I have now where I change it every week and try and make it about the person and stuff like that as well. Um, I announced one week that I was going to start and then quickly found out that it is a lot harder to produce and do, but it is trial and error in certain aspects, you know, whether it's certain types of equipment or recording software. So you just sort of have to go along. And then once you sort of piece it together, it, it becomes a little bit easier after that as well then. Very rewarding as well. Yeah. It's the first time you get it and it all works. Getting plugged in. Um, the audio comes where you want it to come out of. Um, it records properly and stuff. I'm sure that's like that moment where it worked the first yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Ready. Like it's, it's still a learning process at the minute because I'm still changing little bits week by week and seeing what works. You know, I'm maybe changing how I'm recording it or how I have the mic set up, what settings I have it to, just to see what works best. And then once I sort of finalize every little area, then that, that's it. That's it. And you're you're flying then after that. I'd say this is someone who's deep into the music production side of things now. Yeah, you're, you're never, you're, ever finished. I was just going to say, <laughs> you're starting to produce your own music and you seem to be enjoying that as well. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I can imagine you're never finished. It just seems to me there's always something you can scrub up on. It's well, there's there's that, and and you're going to technology rabbit hole very easily. You know, you're comparing two microphones to the size of the diaphragm in them or something like that. Yeah, or like how long the boom is. Yeah, <laughs> and whether it's like a six meter cable and the next one's a six point five meter cable, so if I need to record longer, then okay. Well, it's a bigger number is always better. When it comes to any sort of music production equipment, let me tell you, bigger number. Why why have a meter and a half cable when you can have a fifteen meter cable and it curls up around your feet and you fall over? I could then go down a, I could then go down my music snob route and say, oh well, you wouldn't want too long a cable because you'll lose audio quality and all this. Oh, because it has to travel further. Yeah. Oh, all that sort of nonsense, like you know, it's. uh, (laughs) You have become very invested in this so far. Yeah, but. I guess, you know, this This is actually, I don't have very much experience with voice recording because mm-hmm. all my stuff, all my stuff is instrumental guitar music. Yeah. So uh, it's an entirely different challenge, I think. Yeah. And again, it's a little bit of a, an escape for you as well from work. You know, you can sit there and you can do something that you're passionate about. I know that you've always had an interest in music from the day and hour that we met. Yeah. You know, you were always into guitar and your taste in music. Although you might look like it's someone that enjoys Biffy Clyro, you're quite different from that. I think yeah, would be fair to say. Have a couple of out there. <laughs> but you wouldn't automatically you wouldn't automatically assume that you are interested in the taste of music that we are. Well, the taste of music that I am currently into has had three different moves. Mm. One is absolutely hideous remixes off SoundCloud. Um, one is rap that I have absolutely no business listening to, and the third is incredibly obscure metal. Yeah. So I think that would sum you up quite perfectly. Yeah, and I mean it's you know I go down a rabbit hole with stuff that's been produced by some fella in his bedroom, and you know, but uh, something think, very very obscure, yeah. Yeah, and then you know our good friend Chris has I went through a country phase, which lasted about two weeks. I will admit, but it was a uh, you know. But I just have been trying to, you know, my job involves working from home at the moment. Yeah. And 
my my roommate actually he's still in, in the office so he leaves and goes to work every day so i'm in, in the house all day by myself and uh, a good way to fill that is either podcast or music yeah so i'm just trying to expand you know listen to more stuff and um, put on let's Spotify just shuffle find stuff for me yeah i think that's sometimes the best way too rather than just listening to the same old same old try and do something a little bit different listen to an album that you thought you would never listen to because you might end up enjoying it and you might find music further on from that that you actually enjoy yeah well i mean just you know there's i got into rock and metal and stuff because of my dad and he uh you know he would put me on the you know stuff like back in the day like metallica and um ACDC, black sabbath that sort of yeah. thing and then you know, I, I've sort of went down this whole rabbit hole of like this this modern sort of modern genres of of, of metal and sort of very technical guitar stuff because that's just what I'm interested in. Yeah. But then that you know, dad would then listen to more stuff, you know, like doom metal and that sort of thing. Um, and then he you know he put me on an album and I was not really interested in that sort of thing. This band called Interarma and it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So you know, you wouldn't have like the next. first time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, have, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought of that. To, you know, I wouldn't have gone and listened to that myself, but you know, yeah. I finally gave in. Like, then I got to the I always have a theory that you end up, you eventually end up discovering what music you're interested in, but there's always a part of you that enjoys listening to the music of what maybe your parents listen to. I think you eventually just end up being your dad. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, absolutely, and it just gets passed down generation through generation because. Yeah. You more than likely grow up with this music and these sounds playing around you all the time. So from a young age, you're just accustomed to it. Yeah. You're just used to it. It's the same way as growing up in another country and picking up an accent. You know, for the first couple of years, I lived in England. But if you move away to South Africa and you go to education there, just those sounds that you become so used to hearing that I enjoy listening to some of the songs that mum and dad enjoyed. And yeah. I still listen to them now. Plus my own tastes in music that I've found as well so i'd say my music taste is very broad, broad. Yeah. yeah it's it, there's a lot of different genres all in my spotify i could go from calvin harris to what i would call wog wog music you know <laughs> that all that 18 19 year old jordan in university in cardiff that just listened to all that head banging stuff that, yeah exactly and then the next minute like the night like 90s edm and stuff or more recent both. Early 2000s. Both. Early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, I could go from Insomnia and Culture Beat and Mr. Vane. Yeah. And then I'll skip all the way and listen to Fisher. Jeez, that's got some great tunes. I remember uh, when you have I, have I told you about the Techno Bunker? You have not told me about the Techno Bunker, but I am interested now. So there's a playlist on Spotify called Techno Bunker, and it's just stuff like Fisher and all that. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I was working in Germany one summer. And we thought to ourselves, you know, we didn't, we, we weren't near anywhere. Um, we were just working at a, at a hockey club in Germany. Mm-hmm. And we thought, right, we're going to make our own techno bunker. So uh, a couple of strobe lights and a gigantic speaker in the changing rooms. And we had a techno bunker. Incredible. Horrible oh, hearing loss, but there we are. I was going to say, you come out of it shouting at everyone. What? Yeah. What did you say? <laughs> I can't hear you. But good oh, times. Good times, good times, exactly. Good times, yeah, that's what I miss traveling. Yeah. In fact, I really miss traveling. I'm not lying to you. Yeah, you would. I know for a fact that you love traveling, especially to do sportways. Yeah, hockey camps, I love hockey camps as well. Um, Straight. 
So you mentioned hockey there as well. I know that you enjoyed those camps, and at the minute there is no hockey. Um, it's only elite level sports are allowed. So elite level in Northern Ireland is football in the Irish League and Ulster rugby, and those are only the real teams. But you have certain hockey clubs, and hockey clubs aren't professional at all whatsoever. They're still very amateur, but there are still people that represent the national team yeah, in hockey as well. And undeniably a tough I, I, suppo- country, I suppose yeah. it is a tough one for them because maybe in other countries, hockey is considered yeah, the, the, the number one sport. The Dutch, for example, yeah. Again, so. yeah and, and I think it's, it's something that will... But we are where we are. You know, exactly. It, it's something that you sort of have to deal with. And I know you'll be missing hockey big time because it is a, a big part of your life as well. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm missing it big time. The last time I trained was, I think it was Christmas Eve or something like that. Yeah. And since then, you know, just unfortunately with the way things are, um, I mean, I can't, I can't begrudge it too much because... Yeah. I mean, it's 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 essentially you know it's not it's a it's a hobby it's yeah it's something we do for fun and there's much more important things going on um but oh you know it's it's tough not being able to play um because I've I've been playing fifteen years now that's probably the longest break I've ever had yeah I think it's unfortunate as well that obviously you know you go into the parameters of what is considered elite level sport because elite level should be the pinnacle of every sport in that country. Yeah, but I suppose you can't have everyone playing. Yeah, exactly, because you know, where, where do you draw the line? Yeah, and what what sports do you suddenly say, yes, you can play, but this sport can't, you know, do you continue to play the likes of cricket and stuff? Yeah, I mean, everyone's going to have, everyone's going to have arguments <laughs> for their sport being the one that should come back, and, you know, it's, it's, it's the same problem for everybody. Um, yeah. And I think, I find it, I, you know, I find it, Initially, not being able to, you know, not being able to play, but very quickly realised that, you know, everyone, everyone's in the same boat, and there's still lots of things you can do to improve your, you know, your your performance when you come back. Yeah. So you know, running mobility. I mean, I have a spine like a broom handle, so mobility's <laughs> trying to <laughs> mobility sort of. Uh, not a great quality to have for a goalkeeper, but there you go. No, it's not. Um, and the opposite of stretch on film, but. Yeah, no, I just, you know, I'm trying to use the time now just to, I mean, uh, just before we came on, uh, your dad remarked that I looked like I'd lost weight Yeah. Uh, when he saw me on the video. And you have as well, yeah. Uh, you know, just trying to get out and run a wee bit more, just trying new things and, you know, I'll never, or until I retire, probably not have as long a break again. Yeah. So I sort of thought to myself, why not? Yeah, exactly. You use it. now have... A great moment as well as everyone does as well that you have a little bit more time maybe to look after yourself yeah and you touched on that in your in your first podcast with ryan yeah now um, is the time to set goals that are a little bit more achievable and look after yourself because yeah. you're not able to go and see the world at the minute or tick off all these things so you may as well look closer to home and i think there's been this there's been like this really strange debate during this whole period of lockdown and covid or whatever you want to call it because there's the side of the debate that says, you know, you've got to, you know, you've got to learn a new language and you've got to bake banana bread and you've got to be running marathons and you've got to, you know, you've got to use this time and be constantly bettering yourself and all this. Yeah. Which I think is very possibly dangerous, not, you know, mentally, I think, because if people, you know, think 
well, I've not, you know, I've not learned how to build a sofa from scratch. You know, yeah. You know, or all this. And then there's the other side of the coin where, it, you know, it's, it's locked down and you've got to, you've got to take it easy and you've got to just accept that this is an unprecedented time and all this. Yeah. Which I, I think both, both sides are entirely, they're, they're, they're perfectly valid. entirely valid points of view. But I think being too far towards one or the other can be really dangerous. And I don't mean I'm not saying this is like, uh, you know, you have you're wrong or you're wrong. One one side or the other is wrong. I but I think from my own experience, it's healthy to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, recognize that you do need a little break. Yeah. From everything, but don't stop trying to do those little things like drop the extra weight that you've been looking to do, or get out and be a bit more active and. It doesn't need to be. Like, it doesn't even need to be something like that. It could be. You've been there's been that book sitting on the bedside table for a while. I've got a bit of time now. Do you know what? I'll maybe. Yeah. I'll maybe read it. Um. You know, whereas before I've been running down to the shops and I'm going to see a friend and I'm you know. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't got time to get back into reading. Yeah, and it's you know it's not like you've got to make a big change, but you know say, say there's a book sitting there. You know, I've actually just started reading, uh, The Greatest by Matthew Syed, um, which is, he's uh, the former. Um, British Commonwealth table tennis champion, but he, he does a lot of stuff about sports psychology and everything. Oh, okay. But it's very, you know, it's just a very interesting book about the sort of, uh, you know, how how the, the mind can contribute to high performance, mm-hmm. not just in sport, but in academia and in music and in every, everything and politics or whatever it might be. You know, that book's just been sitting there and I've been thinking I should read that sometime. Yeah. And I just thought, right, uh, actually, I'm going to read it now. Okay. So, you know, there's opportunities there, but at the same time, I, I think it's very dangerous to be beating yourself up if you're not. Yeah. Like, to, you know. like the same with me. Like, I've I've taken this time to start doing this podcast. Yeah. You know, something that I never would have done before. And you maybe would have thought, you know, I would like to do this. Yeah. But you would just, you just never find time. Yeah. And, and there's still loads of stuff that I, still, I need to find the time to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Light bulb have been meaning to change for about three weeks now. Yeah, we have a light bulb out the front door now that we need to change big time because we can't see a thing out the front of the house. Yeah, well, I, I've I've been showering in the dark for like <laughs> for three weeks because you know you, in this period of life, you don't you don't want to achieve too much because then there'll be nothing left to achieve. Exactly. You don't want to overextend by changing the light bulb. You want to give exactly. yourself a challenge. I want to leave that one for a, a special occasion. Yeah, on a on a day where you don't feel as productive. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a win. But yeah, like before, I've maybe had a, a notion of doing something like this, but again, never paid much attention to it because I was too busy doing other things. But now that there's not as much going on, yeah, and I have this, and again, I think that's I think that's really cool. And um, with you, it's, you starting the podcast, and there's loads of other people I know that they just started something, or they just started doing something, and I yeah. think it's really cool. Yeah, it's know? and it's cool seeing what people do with their time I think it's, I think it's yeah good. and just like you probably have a little bit more time for that because you're not doing the typical nine to five in office and I mean, the fact that I'm not spending an hour walking a day because I I live in Belfast and like it's it's half an hour from my office yeah so I'm not going to take the car because I want to save the turtles and I don't want to pay for parking <laughs> um so you know there would have been the, the hour walking a day and you know maybe I would have been training three four times a week, and you know you're in the car, you're back and forward and stuff. So I just have like an extra two hours a day, yeah. and you know you can play guitar, or you can make a podcast, or you can read. You know, it's it's there if you want it. 
And sometimes, I mean, I got I got really into that show Net, uh, Night Stalker on Netflix on like last week, and I had time to watch it, you know, because yeah, and you don't feel guilty now no, as much because I have an hour. I'd yeah. recommend that show Night Stalker. Actually, I don't know if I told you about it before. No, you haven't, but I'll definitely have to give it a watch because I recently started watching Gotham on Netflix. Right. And I'm almost finished it, so I need something else to jump on nice to after. It's four episodes, each one about an hour. So it's or well, about an hour and a half. So it's just good entertaining documentary. And they haven't told you to come on and promote it whatsoever? No, they haven't. I mean, <laughs> you I, just it's probably not the sort of thing that all these high people to promote. <laughs> It'd be a very otherwise. niche market to come on and promote on Hans podcast. <laughs> you, you don't want to turn this into a true crime podcast because there's not around anymore. But yeah, as you say, take that extra time that you do have. Like, the gyms are closed at the minute, so I have a mini setup in my living room. And ordinarily, I would have went to the gym after work, and it would take me half an hour to walk to the gym. And then because I have to walk past work to get back to my it's house, it would take, yeah, take an hour. So an hour and a half walking time. I can now come home in 15 minutes and do my session in that time that I would spend walking to and from. Yeah. And because it's in the comfort of my own home, I can do it at any time. There's actually a guy I have seen go around Lisburn and he has like a little wheel. It just folds out with two little pedals and it's almost like a unicycle. Yeah. And he just mutters about on it. It's unbelievable. It's very efficient. It's very efficient. It it's is low, low carbon footprint, like it is, but it's just it's just strange when you see someone actually using it's one of those things you watch on TV, like the gadget show. Or like electric skateboards or all that sort of thing. Yeah, that used to be on channel five and you'd say, Oh that's quite good, but would anyone actually use actually, it? Yeah, it's not actually gonna There's be. one person sits at home and goes, I need that. Yeah, that's I absolutely need. perfect. That's what I need. Yeah, this is very niche market sometimes. It is, it's such a weird thing. Like I would love to be able to have that sort of entrepreneurial mindset to think of gaps in the market that need filled but yeah. I just am not that way inclined I don't know what would be next but again I'm not a business guru so I don't know where I'm going to turn to all I can do now is maybe hope someone wants to sponsor the podcast I don't know if there's anyone out there get in touch that's the next step that's the that's the next thing yeah I'll we'll start doing things sponsored by on the roll, Baps, on the <laughs> old Hillsborough Road. There we go. There's a very niche market. But anyway, until then, James, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really enjoyed it today. Um, if you did enjoy this episode, make sure to go back and check out all the previous podcast episodes. They are available on Spotify or Castos as well. Make sure as well that if you are not already following the Instagram page, head over now and give it a follow. It's the best way to stay updated with all little promotions, giveaways, extra stuff that I do. Um, if you want to go and follow us at New Leaf Podcasts, make sure you head over there now. So until next week, everyone, stay safe, take pride in everything you do, and remember, you're all superstars. See you later. <laughs>